right. It's Thursday, April 26th. I am Ben Rose, and this is the Motor City Juke Joint on New Radio Media. And I have a damn, a damn fine show for you this evening. I'll learn how to talk one day. I keep saying that. Uh, joining me here in the studio is Ben Wixon of Young Hunger. Uh, but also, you played in one of my favorite bands at, uh, many years ago. Or is it it's still a kind of like a hiatus thing, right? Yeah, it's kind of a hiatus thing. I, we we talk from time to time to right. see if we should uh, do something again. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. All right. And because uh, I I have played Frank White several times on this show. Awesome. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Thank oh, you for you're playing welcome. that. You're welcome. I'm happy to hear anyone still listens to any of my old bands. Right. Yeah. Hey. You know. Uh, but Young Hunger is kind of a, a relatively new band, right? Yeah. New in that you know it's not a full time band by any any right. sense, but it's a band that has kind of recently started to ramp up a little. Bit. Okay. So I've been around a couple of years, but we just finally released our first record though uh, in last summer. Right, and I uh, I I had a chance to listen to it, and uh, I listened to it like straight through like a couple times. I always li- like to listen to something, you know, the first time just to like. You know, and then just so I can get an idea of it, and then I listen to it to kind of like take it all in. Okay. And I, I dug it, man. It's really, it's really good. Thank it's you. really, really good. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, so, what, like, so you said this isn't like a full time project, but so are you in other bands at the moment, or? No, I, not, not really, honestly. It's, I think I say it's not a full time project only because. We've all kind of come from bands that were trying to do something, trying to yeah. accomplish more than yeah. than just be like a band that's around. But yeah. it gets hard when you get older. And, yeah. oh, and I yeah, think yeah. everybody everybody's kind of old. Nick, our bassist, has a kid, and people are buying houses, and it, it gets hard to to you know want to go yeah. jump in the van for thirty days. Right. There's nothing more punk rock than having a kid and buying a house. Yeah. No kidding. But yeah. but we take the music seriously. Yeah. Still. Right. I mean it's. We we try to have fun doing it. We try to play with good bands and, right, and things right. like that. I mean, we we take that seriously. But it's good. It's good. Yeah. You know, you can you can still be a responsible adult and still be punk. I mean, look at Milo from the Descendants. He's what yeah. VP of something at du- at Dupont. Is he? Yeah. I know he's a doctor. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's a, a PhD. But he, I, but in, I didn't in, know in he chemical was at engineering. DuPont. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You got and Greg Graffin is a, a evolutionary biologist. Yeah, and also a PhD. Right. Uh, you familiar <laughs> with the band The Blasters? I, I'm not. Okay, so but they're not as much as a punk band. They more uh, lean towards like blues and like rockabilly, but they've been around for probably close to forty years, right? Okay. Uh, I had the had the the pleasure of inter- interviewing Phil Alvin, the singer, and. Uh, I, I did a little bit, I had to do a little bit of research on him first because he didn't want to do an in-person interview. He actually wanted to do like an email interview, which is like that doesn't work for radio or anything. Yeah. Yeah. So he he finally settled on a, on a phone interview, and I'm like, well, what? Why? Well, he's a mathematics professor, and that's like that's his thing. He doesn't want to talk about music. So when I brought up math, it's like, damn, he wouldn't shut up. Wow. Yeah. He's telling me he's like, yeah. As soon as I get off stage, I um. You know, immediately go and I start you know working on math equations to kind of unwind. Wow. I'm like, damn. So he's like, 
most people think of the of, of musicians getting off stage and they're getting your you know partying whatever no yeah. no we're all we're kind of getting to be responsible <laughs> that's i always thought that was funny not to not to go back to the greg graffin thing yeah. but like i one of his books he talks about yeah. in the 90s they're like touring south america yeah. or something and this is like the pinnacle of their career yeah and you know, he'd go to bed at like eleven o'clock, and he'd wake up at seven, and he'd go on like an archaeological expedition in like right. the Amazon or something. Right. While everyone else is like, you know, drunk and hungover from the night before. <laughs> just right. Like weird. It's just. It's like, how did that work out? But he still maintained like this dual lifestyle. Right. Yeah. yeah. yeah some people can do it. Yeah. You know, and um, I mean, it's working for Milo. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the Descendants at all. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I saw them when they were. Uh, it was it was at the Fillmore. That's awesome. Uh, it was awesome. Uh, yeah. So you're doing um, Young Hunger, and you're going to be playing with Face to Face at uh, it's at El Club. Yep. And this is um, May 16th with Raw Dogs, who I'm not familiar with. Okay. I mean, Raw Raw Dogs is a cool band. Um, Kyle from Against the Grain. Oh, okay. Plays in that band too. Okay. Um, more of a rock and roll band. It's cool that we're playing with them. Honestly, like to me, I mean, I, I don't know. Like playing with punk bands all the time. Yeah. The bands that are all similar all the time to me just isn't beneficial for for no. a music scene. I no. think there needs to be diversity. Man. Mixed I, bills are great. Yeah, and, and Raw Dogs is a cool band. I don't think that Young Hunger's ever played with them, but I know that bands in the past that I've been in have played with them. And oh, right on. It's cool that they've that they're on that bill too. Right on. Uh, before we continue, I have a few shows I'd like to, to announce. I've been asked to announce a few of them. Okay. Uh, one, uh, it's going to be at the Hamtramck Corner Bar tomorrow with Sparrows, Tiger Wine, Better Love, Stay Away, and Panda House. Awesome. So go check that out. If you mentioned this show at the door, you're going to get a discount on the cover. Nice. So, yeah. And then uh, I do have these. I have tickets for this event. Um, I, I'm going to be giving away. Uh, I was given them by uh, Live Nation. So emo night at Detroit. <laughs> emo night Brooklyn, Detroit. It says at St. Andrews. With That's, Craig Craig Owens, right? Yeah. Yeah. I know him from from years years yeah. past. Yeah, so I have tickets for that to give away. Uh, also, uh, same building, H2O, is going to be in the shelter. Yeah, our drummer's other band is opening that show, actually. Really? Yeah. Bob yeah. plays in a band called Day Jobs. Oh, okay. I thought it was weird that they didn't announce a local band until like a week and a half before the show, because that show's next Friday, I think, or something. Yeah, it's the 4th. Yeah, next Friday. Yeah, that's... H2O is cool. Yeah, they are. <laughs> They're doing um, some... It's like an anniversary tour. Oh, yeah. Awesome. And then uh, Ghost at the Fillmore. Uh, and, of course, Face to Face on the 16th of May with Young Hunger, Raw Dogs, and El Club. And also, the six, uh, June 16th, Blackout Barbecue, Reverend Horton Heat, Big Sandy, The Coffin Cats, Laura Hope and the Arctones, The Devil's Cut, and myself. I'll be DJing on the, on the patio. Uh, this show will be there. Nice. Yeah, it'll be fun. Yes, okay. Um, now that I get out of the way. All right, so how long have you been doing Young Hunger? And um, anybody, like, are you bringing anybody from any of the other projects you've worked on into it, or? Well, not in any other bands that I've been in. Yeah. But when the band kind of started, it was, so our, our guitarist, Ryan, used to play in a band called The Swellers. Yeah, okay. So when that band was kind of fizzling out, and, and I've known Ryan 
God, since I was probably 17. Right. Um, he used to play in a lot of bands that I liked, Gumshoe 49 and One Hump Chump, and he played in a band called Alucard that was really good. Um, I actually did a tour with the Swellers playing bass kind of while they were in between bassists, but um, that's kind of how Ryan and I kind of hooked up with, with Bob, who played right. in a band called Fires in Japan. Oh, I'm familiar with the band. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then Nick was, Nick's also, he's kind of from the old days too. He played uh, he played bass in a band called Bottomed Out, which mm -hmm. was like a cool like ska metal band. And mm -hmm. he also played bass in a band called Before I Go, which was, when I was a kid, Before I Go was like my favorite band. Like, it, it was, for, for more reasons than just the music, though, mm -hmm. they had this like DIY ethic to them that's yeah. kind of stuck with me still to this day. And it's kind of funny because their singer Brad Gilbo is like a successful real estate guy. He's just like a, he's just a, a guy that can like talk to people, yeah. but in Los Angeles of all places, like, and he like hangs out with Davey Havoc and stuff. Yeah, and it's, and it's really weird. But he came from this, from you know, selling T-shirts to any to everybody. Yeah, like it was like before I go was like a brand that was also a really good band. Right, and right. then Brad Gilbo just kind of went off the radar and resurfaced as like. A guy that should have an HGTV show, <laughs> but but that's that's kind of the band. But it, it for me it was I'm playing with a lot of people that I just loved yeah. the music they made, and then Young Hunger kind of came together. The Swellers were kind of you know fizzling out at the time, and that's kind of when we swooped in to to keep playing. Right. <laughs> well, uh, let's play a Young Hunger song. Uh, which one would you like? Oh wow. Uh, let's play. Uh, the things I think, but I don't mean. Let's do that one. All right, sounds good. <laughs> so here it is. There's Young Hunger with the things I think, but I don't mean on the Motor City Juke Joint on New Radio Media.
Uh, welcome back to the Motor City Juke Joint on New Radio Media. That was Young Hunger. With the things I think, but I don't mean. Man, I uh, I, I can relate to that title. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I think some things like, yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, so who does most of the writing? Is it a, a collaborative effort or? Yeah, it's it's pretty collaborative, honestly. Uh, you know, usually we'll have riff ideas, I guess, for lack of a better word. Mm-hmm. We just kind of bring it together and, uh, you know, it, it see what see what happens with it. Right. It's cool because everybody's got a little bit of a different musical forte. Right. And and it it it, it kind of adds to the. I think the uniqueness of our band. I don't right. know. I mean, I don't think we're as cookie cutter. It's odd. There's like a YouTube video of one of our songs. Like you know, when you upload stuff on on your Amazon and yeah. your your Spotify or whatever, it'll go to YouTube too. And someone commented, "The vocals sound like Mark Hoppus." And I was like, "What the hell? Like Mark Hoppus?" Yeah. And it was just a weird. I you know whatever. I don't. I I'm not mad about it. I just never never really uh, thought about that. <laughs> I'll take Mark Hoppus over uh, Tom DeLonge any day. Well, sure. I yeah. Mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, I. Yeah, I <laughs> I was uh, like, yeah, okay. I was never a huge fan of, of, of uh, Tom DeLonge's vocals, but also he's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, he's something about aliens now, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's out there. Yeah, he is. And so <laughs> are aliens, and that's what he's been saying. Yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> So, all right. So it's a collaborative effort, and and, and I and I, I I guess I can see where someone would would say like, all right, you get kind of a of a Mark Hoppus sound to it, uh, not not like completely, but you know, maybe a little bit. Uh, so, um, I'm assuming there was there, there wasn't any Blink One Eighty Two influence there. Or? I mean, I no, I. Bob is he, Bob probably I don't know Bob loves Travis Barker but I think anyone that's grew up as a drummer that's under 30 does and and it not to Bob's fault but man I have like a a raging hate for Travis Barker's drumming I think he ruined I think he ruined rock drummers not he didn't ruin Bob but clearly but like he ruined like the ability for for rock and punk drummers to play in the pocket because you know Travis Barker is yeah. just kind of a yeah. a technical yeah. beat guy, and it yeah. it just doesn't work for for I don't know I don't think it works it, well. It, <laughs> you know it, it's it's he's like like when you get those guitarists that are great like playing like technical they have to like everything's note for note yeah. but they can't kind of like they're not able to kind of just like go a little bit like stray a little bit like yeah. Uh, um, you feel you're familiar with the amino acids, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, Dave Taylor. I, I I keep I always tell him it's like you know you're one of the, the the best guitarists I know and he said no no I'm not that good and he said but you're not a technical guitarist I mean you you you, you there's feeling that goes into when you play yeah so you may not get the note right but you're you're able to play like just outside that scale you know versus it has to be every single you know yeah that, no I know what you mean it, yeah it portrays more of a feeling than a yeah than like a. I don't know, then a riff or something. I think right. is the way, but yeah, I don't. I wouldn't say the Blink One Eighty Two is a, is an influence. I mean, I listen to a lot of music. Yeah. I, I love you know, punk rock was my wheelhouse from age twelve to, I mean, even still now. But yeah. you know, there's always like that kind of pop song structure that we kind of maintain, like yeah. choruses and things like that. But I wouldn't say that. 
you know, I can't remember the last time I even listened to a Blink-182 song. Right. I mean, on purpose, anyway. Right. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I I heard Damn It the other day. And I I actually like that song. Yeah. Off of, uh, what was that, Dude Ranch? Yeah, that's when they had the better drummer. Right, yeah, because it was before Travis Barker, yeah. Yeah, that was the, that was the... That was the guy. Yeah, I, I don't remember his name. Steve something. Yeah, whatever. yeah, but like, like, like to me, like Blink One Eighty Two before Enemy of the State was great, and then, yeah, yeah. But um, we have to hold that thought. Uh, we have some bills to pay, so we're going to commercial. We'll see you in two minutes with more cool. Motor City Juke Joint on New Radio Media. Want to stay informed, entertained, and enlightened? Get connected and stay connected today to New Radio Media. The New Radio Media app is now available for download in the Apple and Google Play Store. Just search for NRM Streams for unlimited access to archived, live, new, exciting, and unique content. Welcome to Geektainment Weekly, all for free. Do it now. Stay connected. And action. And millions of ducks. Two guys go to newradiomedia.com. The Arts and Entertainment Channel on New Radio Media. Dot com. What's going on in your neighborhood? They say it takes a village. It's the simple things. The things that are a testament to the old. The things that are a testament to the new. Know what's going on in your community. Check out our community channel on newradiomedia.com. It's all about you, and that's the way we like it. Where you're going. What you do to stay fit. What you're eating. What you're thinking. And how you're feeling. Join the conversation at NewRadioMedia.com's Lifestyles channel. Stream the life you want to live. Welcome back to the Motor City Juke Joint on New Radio Media. Joining me in the studio is Ben Wixon of Young Hunger. And, uh, well, we've been talking about music, which we, which is the streamer's little show. Uh, I, I actually, I'd like to play some Frank White. Uh, sure. Just, uh, and one I really liked was Live Forever. That's like the flagship song. Yeah. Oh yeah, I like that. And the music's an ocean. Those are those yeah, oh, are. Oh yeah. man, that's that's taking it back. That's like an old one. Yeah, that's yeah. Cool. Shit, they're short. Let's play them both. <laughs> All right, that's one of, the, one of the great things about punk about about punk rock is that songs are they're they're short, they're sweet, but they still follow that old school pop form formula. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. when you think the Ramones, sure they're a punk band, but they're they're a pop band. Sure. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Well, and so were the Beatles. Uh, all right, so uh, here's, a, here's, here's a couple from Frank White on the Motor City Juke Joint, New Radio Media. 
I run my
All right, welcome back to the Motor City Juke Joint on New Radio Media. That was two by Frank White, uh, Live Forever, and Music's in Ocean. That that CD, the Skull EP. Yes. I listened to that over and over and over again. I don't know what happened to the actual CD, but I still, like, I put it on my computer. Yeah. And, you know, I still listen to it, and it's still, like... Every single Frank White song is amazing, in my opinion. Well, thank you. You're welcome. I, I, like, I haven't heard that song in a long time. So. Yeah. No, that was that was a fun band to be in. Yeah. Oh, very, I bet. Very fun band to be in. I bet. Whew. Yeah. Well, well you know, you, you didn't you didn't think that was going to happen when you, get, you walked no, in the door here. No, no, not at all. I, I here looking back on that song, it's kind of. I don't know. It the. The the newer Frank White stuff I think ages better, but that's a cool song. Je- yeah. Jesse's a good songwriter. He yeah. Jesse actually and Feet, both the guitarists were also in Before I Go. Okay. Which Nick from Young Hunger was in also. Yeah. But um you know, that band was kind of you and I kinda of talked about this before. Yeah. That, that there was kind of like a phase in my life when I was playing music that my first band was like a punk band. Yeah. And then my second band was like a ska band. But then I kinda of went into this weird like emo y like early two thousands phase, like booking hall shows and weird stuff like that. And like oh, before shows, I go yeah. was around and yeah. and, uh, and and you know, Chiodos was a band then and Short of wow. Force and all these yeah. other bands. The Chiodos brothers back then. Yeah. But um and then that was like my return to playing punk music was was that band right and for the the guys like Jesse and Fee from before I go it was also their return to punk music so it was kind of like okay let's just stop with this trendy music for a minute here and and just play some stuff that sounds like what we listened to okay. ten years ago so like the before I go was that kind of like getting into like the like that poppy emo stuff is that is that what you... a little bit like you know they were kind of unique though too like their drummer was awesome and he played like the fat records like mega beat the like the gallop beat yeah like that was like his like he could do that beat and they played that and i don't know why that band never got signed to be honest with you that right. band toured and played with every band that was ever big during that time period like right you know the boys nights out and planes mistaken for stars and and uh those names punchline and something corporate like they would play all those shows right and they would do they do tours and stuff with those bands, and I don't know why that band never, never made it. They were better than all those bands, in my opinion, because yeah. they still had, you know, a band like something corporate. I don't know, like you know, maybe it's good. I don't like it. I don't feel there's a lot of credibility in music like that. But before yeah. I go, I think had a lot of credibility in that they were doing something a lot different than what was popular at the time. So if I if I were to pull up a before I go song, I which I actually found. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, Google is my friend. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's, been, it's been so long. Yeah. That's the song. Yeah, I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. That's a okay. good song. So. I don't, I don't know that that's like one of their faster songs, but it's a cool what, song, though. What what was, uh, I, there's uh, several songs I have in front of me. What, uh, which Return was... on Investment, Again, I Follow Suit, uh, False Hope. Return on Investments is a cool one. Yeah, that's okay. that's a cool one. I would I would I would say play that one. Okay, because that one's a little fast too. Okay, well when we come back from because uh, we're gonna go to another break here in a minute, come back from that from the break, uh, we can play that. Um, now these like 
I have to. I haven't heard them yet, so when I hear yeah, them, yeah. I'll be able to. Uh, there was a, a band like I remember a time, like a two thousand. Um, 2007, 2008, yeah. where a lot of like these bands, like like when you're saying like, like before I go or um, where's there was a there was a band name that you that you, that you said it was it was like kind of like it had a longer name. Um, Planes mistaken for stars. Yeah, something like okay. that. They're, like that was like that like the 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 mid to late two uh, 2000s had bands that had, like these they, they they weren't just band names. They were like that's a sentence. That's yeah, like a statement. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I had a friend that was. Uh, um, his name was Ben Jacobson, and he played in, in several bands. But then he ended up getting into this band called Our Last Go. Okay. And it was not like what he would normally play. It was kind of like a little poppier punk. I, I know they went and recorded their album on New York in a studio that My Chemical Romance had recorded their first album. So it's kind okay. of like maybe that direct, more dashboard confessional. Sure. He wrote all their songs, and then they booted him out of the band. <laughs> <laughs> um but, you know, it happens. <laughs> uh, but we'll be back in about two minutes with more Motor City Juke Joint on New Radio Media. A study from Johns Hopkins researchers indicates a high-fat diet may lead to the development of new nerve cells in your brain that influence how much you eat. But it's also been known for decades that the brain continues to form new nerve cells well into adulthood. So for now, it appears the process occurs not only in the parts of your brain associated with memory and a sense of smell, but also in the ones that control your various body functions, including hunger and thirst. One researcher believes that your brain functions this way as part of your body's survival mechanism. When food is abundant, it generates cells that will make you eat more and make you store excess calories as fat for use when food is not readily available. But the problem with humans, particularly those in developed countries, is that food is almost always readily available. So the more you eat, the more fat you store and the greater becomes your appetite. With another prescription for your health, I'm Dr. Jim Bragman. Want to stay informed, entertained, and enlightened? Get connected and stay connected today to New Radio Media. The New Radio Media app is now available for download in the Apple and Google Play Store. Just search for NRM Streams for unlimited access to archived, live, new, exciting, and unique content. Welcome to Geektainment Weekly, all for free. Do it now. Stay connected. We are back. More to see you join on New Radio Media, and I'm joined in the studio with Ben Wixon of Young Hunger. And uh, bef- uh, before we went to break, we were talking about Before I Go. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, and with, let's uh, let's listen to, um, was it Return on Investment? Yeah. Yeah, that's the one I was going to play. Uh, there it is. All right. So we'll be back in just uh just under four minutes with more morning says Juke Joint and New Radio Media.
never as expected And the back of plan We never quite invented And so it seems That the world is always changing And it's insane Welcome back to the Motor City Juke Joint on New Radio Media. That was before I go, return on investment. Yeah, I, yeah, I dig that one. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, they got the, the they do the no effects beat at the beginning, but then it gets kind of 2003-ish. It's I don't know. It's a cool song. Yeah, I mean it's not quite like Dashboard, but no. you know, Brad had a unique voice too, which yeah. was cool. Like this, like kind of baritone voice. Yes, it didn't sound like the the whiny voices that were around at that time. But that's why oh, I, I don't know. So much whiny. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, I couldn't handle listening to bands like Simple Plan or, um, <laughs> God, I couldn't handle that. Yeah. Like, when I was, like, I, when I was teaching guitar, I would have students ask me, like, can you teach me how to play Dashboard Confessional? And i say, no. <laughs> <laughs> 
And, and I was like, that's whiny. And then the kid says, well, can you teach me Morrissey? I was like, which dashboard song do you want to learn? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, when you, like, why is a 14-year-old kid asking me to, to teach some glamorous glue by Morrissey? I mean, you know what that song's about. It's about huffing glue. Yeah. yeah. I I actually don't mind Morrissey. I no. don't know. But if it was the Smiths, like Johnny Marr is a sweet guitar player. Yeah. I think he's I think he's a badass guitar player. Oh, I agree. I lose all my punk points every time I talk about liking the Smiths, but you know what? No, not with me, man. Not Morrissey's, with me. Morrissey's punker than than ninety eight percent of these people that are playing in punk bands. Well, all right. For, <laughs> like for me to talk about Morrissey or the Smiths, right? So Sure, I you know I grew up with a lot of a lot of punk, but I grew up with like with a lot of like the the old school country and rockabilly stuff. Yeah. So with in the rockabilly scene, I like with Morrissey, like they love Morrissey for some fucked up reason. <laughs> but you know, but like you, you talk with like with the people that are in, like really into the punk, unless they were into like goth too, you know. Uh, Morrissey is just kind of like, what the hell are you doing, man? Yeah. You know, but the Smiths, the Smiths seem to be an okay, okay, because Johnny Marr is one hell of a guitarist. He is. Who, he was cool, man. Yeah. It, but, you know, he won't, he, getting a Smiths reunion won't happen. At least you won't get with Johnny Marr. He, yeah. He, he won't, he won't, he won't play with Morrissey ever, he said. <laughs> yeah. That's a shame. Well, I mean,. It's it is what it is. I mean, yeah. they had their, they yeah. made their music during their time period, so you can't. Yeah. You can't complain. Maybe it protects the legacy. You know, I don't. Yeah. Know. Like, I, I mean, because Morrissey is such. I mean, I'm, all right. I'm not gonna. I'm not even gonna sugarcoat it. Morrissey can be a like a bitch. He's huh. a diva. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's. Uh, he has walked out on shows. He has set. He has. He got. He got upset and didn't want and, and canceled a Detroit show because of the Detroit Zoo. I've had tickets to see Morrissey four times, and he canceled all every time I had tickets. Yeah, there was one time I I didn't buy tickets in advance to see Morrissey. I was like, you know what? Screw this! I'm gonna buy the tickets at the door. Yeah, and I drove down. It was at the Masonic Temple. This yeah. was like the second to last time he was here. I yeah, think. and uh, it sold out at the door before I got in. Well, well, yeah, <laughs> it was yeah. Like, Fuck this. And then the last time he was here, I was I was in India. <laughs> oh <laughs> so, shit! So I I missed him then too. So hey, whatever. Yeah, well, I keep trying anyway. I'll never see Morrissey. Well, maybe it's meant to be. It's all right. Yeah, or not meant to be. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, you know, there's t- this when he he'll come. There'll be tickets on sale for four thousand dollars. Really? For Morrissey? Yeah. At Royal Oak Music Theater, there was a four. There was um, basically you would sit. They would give you a seat near the stage. Wow. Yeah. See, I don't need that. In fact, no. some, sometimes I go to b- see bands and I want to be far. F- I'm like, give me as far away from these these people as right. I can. Yeah. I mean, like, if it, it's a mellower show. Yeah. I mean, I'm okay being close to the show. You know, and yeah. there was times where, you know, I would want to be up close. And there are still times where I still want to sure, be up close. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I wouldn't, if I were to go see Morrissey, I wouldn't want to be that close because I, I have a hard time, like, Keeping my mouth shut, I might say something snarky, and he might hear it. <laughs> yeah, he might. It, it he, would be my luck. Yeah, he he yeah. He'd hear it, and then he walk off stage, and everyone's mad at me. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, it, 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 like, all right. So, aside from being into the Smiths, what what did you listen to growing up? Like, what was, what wow. like, what made For- you want to start playing? Well. 
I don't know. It's it, you know, it's hard to say. I listened to a lot of different stuff when I was a kid. I really yeah. liked the Smashing Pumpkins when I was younger. Yeah. I was really into like industrial music when I was like eleven, like Ministry and Nine Inch Nails and Revco and all that. Jesus stuff. Build My Hot Rod yeah. is probably one of the best songs ever written, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. That, I, I just I it was heavy, it was fast, but in a way that punk wasn't. It was different. Like I didn't really know punk, but I knew ministry and I knew yeah. like kind of the dark side of music, right? But then I, you know, I it was probably hearing bands like uh AFI and, and like Offspring back when they were good. I I think they had a period where they were good, though people will some some will disagree. But they had their moment. Yeah. I'll say that. Yeah. I remember being like twelve years old. And hearing all I want at a friend's house, yeah, which was, as far as I can tell, the fastest song that was ever a radio single. I mean, yeah. there's no song that I have. I mean, even you know, you got bands like Green Day and Blink One Two. Yeah. All I want is like twice as fast as the fastest punk song that probably comes in second. And I heard that, right? And I was like, oh my god, this is awesome, right? And then I, you know, I wanted a drum set. My parents didn't want me to have one, so they bought me a guitar. Right? Like the drums are too damn loud. Well, you know, that that uh, that that's uh, that's a common uh, feeling with most parents until yeah. they hear the guitar amplifier. Yeah, then they're yeah. like, oh, "This was a bad idea." Too. Yeah. Well, I uh, I started on piano and then moved to guitar. So that's. I always wished I was, I was you know good at piano. I oh, I'm not good. <laughs> <laughs> I'd always wished I was good at. Piano. Yeah, yeah. I, I can still play. Uh, not great. I mean, I, I play the guitar. Uh, yeah. Still, just just about every day. I mean, I, I you know, but um, so like the dark, like like industrial stuff at eleven, right? Like, how did that happen? Uh, you know, I distinctly remember going on like a sixth grade field trip to Toronto, and some kid on the bus had like. I don't know which it might have been the broken EP or something like his brother lent, lent it to him. Yeah. And just listening to like, like wish and, and, uh, happiness is slavery with my headphones right. on a bus overnight trip to, <laughs> to right. Toronto. And I was like, Holy shit, this is awesome. Right. But that always kind of stuck with me though, because I got into that kind of music kind of at, in the main, at the mainstream level. Right. Cause 11 year olds not going to know about, you know, I don't know what else, but well, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, like, I found out about some of those industrial bands later on, like some of the German ones, like Das Eek, which yeah, is like yeah. that's like that's dark, dark. Yeah, yeah. But, but even like bands like, but that, then I got, I was like, Nine Inch Nails. What is this music? Oh, it's industrial music. So then I, I'd go to like Blockbuster Music. When you remember Blockbuster Music? Do you remember? Yeah, that? yeah, so yeah. The, the this is what Blockbuster Music was. It was a CD store where CDs were twenty dollars in the nineties, which was obscene. Yeah. But you could go in there. And no other store would do this. They would open the CD and you could listen to it in yeah. the store. And I remember going in there and I'd be like, okay, I'm going to listen to this KMFDM album. And yeah. I'm going to listen to, you know, whatever, Skinny Puppy or this Pig Face record. Yeah. But as I got older, I went through the punk phase, but then I kind of I kind of doubled back. Yeah. I doubled back but and got more into the, like, the Depeche Modes and the, the My Cure favorite band and the right Bauhaus there. Yeah. and... And and all that, and then even like deeper into the cold yeah. wave stuff and things right like on. that. So, uh, for me, getting into some of the darker stuff, I was ten years old. I would go to the library and check out cassettes and such. I mistakenly checked out a Peter Murphy cassette. Oh, that's awesome! With, um, it was deep, right? <laughs> yeah. With uh, um, with cuts you up, right? And that song right there, 
It that's, was like that's a that's a great song. Yeah, and and like for in, in, to 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 accidentally discover, it's like it, it was serendipitous in my opinion. Yeah, I, you know when saying that about the library. Yeah. I rem- so I I forgot about that and I I remember checking out Pretty Hate Machine. Yep. From the library on a CD. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I you know I, yeah. It it's I I got uh um what was the 9 inch nails um the the there was an EP with I think with Wish was it that was broken, broken? Yeah. yeah 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 my sister's well it's her husband now it was her boyfriend at the time gave me a copy of that and um, Sam here sound you know Dan's yeah, project yeah, yeah. with um, it was Final Descent he gave me those cassettes <laughs> but uh, we'll be back in uh, just a moment with more and more to see Duke join on New Radio Media. What's going on in your neighborhood? They say it takes a village. It's the simple things. The things that are a testament to the old. The things that are a testament to the new. Know what's going on in your community. Check out our community channel on newradiomedia.com. And action. And millions of ducks. You guys go to newradiomedia.com. The Arts and Entertainment Channel on New Radio Media. Dot. It's all about you, and that's the way we like it. Where you're going. What you do to stay fit. What you're eating. What you're thinking. And how you're feeling. Join the conversation at NewRadioMedia.com's Lifestyles channel. Stream like you want to live. Welcome back to the Morrissey Juke Joint on New Radio Media. I'm joined here in the studio by Ben Wixon, and we've been talking about uh, how at an early age, kind of discovering um, music that really, like stuff that we're not, we don't really play at the moment, yeah. but something that kind of, it, 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 that's a, it, it, it impacts you, you know, sure, like yeah. industrial, and for me, like the post-punk, um, uh, new wave, dark wave oh stuff. Oh my God, I love all that. Yeah. And uh, a song that uh, off of an album that I uh, kind of act is just like an act, just just by accident uh, with Peter Murphy uh, here's cuts you up. Which, yeah. yeah, I I kind of talking about it. Kind of have to play it. So <laughs> here it is. Uh, we'll be back in just a minute.
right, welcome back to the Motor City Juke Joint. That was Peter Murphy with Cuts You Up off of Deep. One of, uh, one of... That's, all, that's his best record, too. It, it is. Do you know how much it costs to get a copy of that on vinyl? <laughs> well, it's no like idea. a couple hundred dollars. Whoa. Unless you get it from, like, somebody that's selling on Discogs uh, in England, you'll, you'll probably end up being, like, 30 bucks, but yeah. the shipping is, is going to be insane. Wow. Uh, it's, it's, it's out of print. You know, it surprises uh, me that that wouldn't have made it back in print. Yeah. Because he's still doing music. Yeah, he yeah. is. Yeah, he was touring not too long ago. I want to was it was it Peter Murphy or um oh I, I, somebody with somebody was involved with the they they accidentally hit somebody in the car wait what it was either Peter Murphy or or like Nick Cave maybe <laughs> they hit somebody in with a car? car with a car like, oh, like they a, hit a, somebody. a pedestrian oh my god <laughs> 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 Kelsey says she got hit by a car. Yeah. By, well, yeah. We're, we're glad you you made it back yeah. to the studio. <laughs> yeah. You've had enough trauma yeah. for, for a month, it sounds like. Oh, yeah. It happens. <laughs> it happens. And, you know, uh, so you picked up some stuff for records today. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I, I actually picked up a couple of interesting, uh, interesting finds, and we can uh, let's talk about that okay. when we come back uh, from our last commercial break of the hour. Here on Morris City, Jude on New Radio Media. At Murray's Park City, we're known for offering customer service you won't get in any chain store or online. But don't take it from me, just listen to what our customers have to say. The employees at Murray's are knowledgeable, courteous. They make you feel like you're at home. Pick up a can of Seafoam Fuel System Treatment for only $6.99 or a five-quart container of Mobile One Motor Oil for just $28.95. Murray's Park City and Pontiac Trail at Maple Road in Walled Lake. We've got the parts you need when you need them. The brain naturally shrinks as you go older. Now there's research that indicates that the rate of shrinkage increases if you drink alcohol. Your brain volume naturally decreases by about 2% for every decade you live. And in the past, scientists have speculated this rate could be slowed with moderate alcohol intake because it appears to improve your heart function and your blood flow. But now, however, the U.S. researchers have found what they call a significant negative relationship between the amount of alcohol that you consume and your brain volume. A study involving nearly 2,000 men and women found a significant difference in the brain volumes of people who were moderate drinkers and those who were teetotalers. And the association was especially strong in women. So the bottom line, say the experts, is that while moderate alcohol consumption may help your heart and blood flow, it offers no protective effect on your brain volume. With another prescription for your health, I'm Dr. Jim Bragman. Guys, wait up. Hold on. Daddy said hold on. You know, I was thinking, Bill, yeah. I'm ready for our show, and, and you're ready for mm -hmm. the show, but how do we let everyone know that we're ready for the show? Uh, slow motion rap video? All right, welcome back to Morrissey Juke Giant. We are in the second hour of the show. 
and uh, I'm sitting here with Ben Wixon. We're talking about music because that's what the show's about, and it's nice to have someone on the show that can just talk for hours about music. Not saying that my past guests can't, <laughs> but um, Ben really can. Uh, oh, that rhymes. <laughs> I guess what happens you get two Bens together. I've uh, never met another Ben that lives east of Woodward ever in my life. Right. So it makes sense that we're west of Woodward and I'm talking to another Ben. Yeah. Which is well, just a... <laughs> I do live east of Woodward right now. Do you? Okay. Yeah, I li- yeah. I, I I was living west of Woodward for a while. But then... we met west of Woodward. Yes. This is... Well, actually, I we did meet many years ago. Well, that's true. Yeah. In in Romeo. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Which is still east of Woodward. Um, very, very north side. Um, so Record Store Day was last yeah. Saturday. Uh, the show, went, we were on location at Tracks and Wax over on the east side. Okay. Yeah. I have, I've passed that place, but I've never been in it. Let me tell you about this store. Okay. This store, it's it's new. But there was a lot of people that were complaining that, that record stores were jacking up the price for Record Store Day on stuff. They did not. Okay. Okay. And that was something that, like, it was... It was it was like a um, really made them stand out. Is that they're not jacking up prices on stuff. I mean, they're really their their prices are, are fair, and uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna call anybody out any stores out that 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 I had heard about the huge price increases, but I'm not. That's not what I'm about. But tracks and wax, Stefan and his and and everybody that works there. I mean, they're great. They're so helpful, so nice. Okay. Yeah. I highly yeah, if you're on no, the east side, go there. That's cool because there there used to be maybe you remember this place. There used to be a place at like 8 in Harper called uh Car City Records. Were you, do you ever remember going to that place? I know it. I don't I don't I don't think I'd ever been in there. It was kind of before the vinyl resurgence, but they went under before like just before it got popular and yeah. there's for forever Memories and Melodies was the only East Side record store. Well, right, but there—I mean, there was the one um, at, uh, in excuse me, Shelby Township. I mean, it's it's kind of and that I guess that's kind of East Side, but more like, yeah, I guess yeah. North Side Rockabillies. that kept yeah. moving farther and farther south. Oh yeah, yeah, that yeah. was like my my first band stomping ground was yeah. Rockabillies, man. I love that store, and then they went they went under, and that yeah. was and I remember when they started like selling vinyl, yeah, uh, and they had a separate room for it, yeah, and I I that was to me that was probably one of the first like record stores, or at that time it was more like a music store, you know. That I would go into regularly. Yeah, I used to ride my bike there when I was a kid. That was yeah. the record store. So actually, kind of like a weird. It's weird that you brought that up. That, that we've come to this. Yeah. This point in the conversation yeah. because, so, when I was a kid, Green Day was you know well they're big now too but they Green Day was playing right. They had a concert yeah. coming up. Yeah. And they were giving away tickets to see Green Day there. And yeah. I'm gonna go somewhere with this. I promise. We're no, that's gonna, all right. It's all right. We're not just gonna talk about Green Day, but. I won tickets to see Green Day, so my me and my brother went and saw Green Day at the Phoenix Plaza. Yeah, the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones opened. Oh yeah, and it, and uh, it was awesome. And anyway, they, I, I'm this is how I got into my first band. So they used to cover Operation Ivy's Knowledge. They used to cover that song live, and they would bring yeah. people on stage to play. And I, I was in the front row with green hair and an anti-flag shirt, yelling to Mike they, Dirt. They picked I you. I could play this song, and I got, I got on stage and played the song. Yeah. And and I remember him like showing me the root notes to the song or whatever, yeah. and I knew how to play it because I learned it as like a fourteen-year-old. Right. And I went up there and I started playing the bass line, and 
there were there were some friends of mine from high school that were at the show um, that knew some other people that went to a different high school that were looking for a bass player in their mm-hmm. band. So that's how I got in my first band is I was cool in school for one day. And that was, <laughs> and that was it. That was the only time. That was the only day I was ever cool in school. Right. But I got into my first band ever. By, play, by playing a an, an Op Ivy cover. An Op Ivy cover with Green Day. What, what, what song was it again? <laughs> Knowledge. Knowledge. Okay. It was so, it was, uh, so, but, yeah. but Rockabilly's, man, like, I, it was yeah. cool. I used to go up there and buy bootleg cds like live albums and stuff like that yeah. i remember buying like rage against the machine live albums at that store yeah. and, and stuff like that i'd go in there and i'd get that, that was like the only place you can get anything local that too yeah and uh i remember like um the guests that i've had on the show the first time i've you know i've I'd ever heard of them it was from rockabillies yeah and um Okay, so this is a funny story. Do you remember the loose stools? I, I mean, I, they, I mean, they're, they're much older than us, but okay. they were kind of like a a garage uh, party band, the punk band, you know. Uh, I had I discovered them through rockabillies, just like uh, loose stools. That's funny, you know, and their songs <laughs> were songs were goofy as shit. Yeah. About a couple months ago, I bought this. Um, this kind of a, it was a hard to find speaker for an amp uh, for an amplifier. I, I found it like on on, uh, on Facebook. Okay. And I meet the guy in a parking lot. I leave here. Yeah. Meet in a parking lot of some Greek uh, Greek restaurant, <laughs> and uh, I'm like, "You look familiar." And like, you were in a band, right? And he's like, "Yeah, I was in the Loose Stools." I'm like, "Holy shit!" That's funny. Yeah. I'm like, I've had a couple weird interactions like that over yeah. the years. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool that there's like a rockability co- connection with both of us. Cause, yeah. Because the owner of that store, his name was Bill O'Keefe. I remember yeah. distinctly. He was always so cool. Yeah. Like, I remember going in there with my mom. Like, she would drive yeah. me up there as a teenager. Yeah. Same, and, same here. And I'd pick out a CD that was like not appropriate for children. And I'd bring it to the counter like this. Yeah. And my mom would ask him, Is this okay for kids? And Bill O'Keefe would always go, Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. And I'd be like, <laughs> I'd be like, I love this guy. Yeah. So, and, and that's just like, I, you know, and actually Ryan, who's in my band the first time, and I never really met him then, but his band, One Hump Chump, played at the at the old Rockabilly's location off of Van Dyke. Yeah. When I was a kid, I just, that was like the first local show I ever went to. Yeah. Was seeing his band play there. Um, yeah. And it was awesome. Now, I, I remember um, uh as a kid, I, I, I was really, really sick. I think, did I have the, was it the chicken pox I had? And uh, my mom, you know, it stopped at the at, at Rockabilly's to pick me up some music. And, she, and, and it's, it brings back like, it was, it was typo negative. Oh, sweet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and they can remember, they, they tell her, I was like, yeah, I wanted, um, it was Bloody Kisses. I mean, you know, and I remember her asking, you know, him if it was okay because it's like the two, Two girls on the cover, like they're gonna kiss, and he's, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that, you know the the guy, one of the guys that worked there, his name was Scotty. He works at UHF. Yep. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, he's there's no way. Like, I was just in there the other day, actually, and there's no way. I've always been like afraid to say, like, do you remember like the dumb kid with green hair that used to come up here and buy? He's like, which one? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Basically, yeah. I mean, he was like, he's not like an old guy by any means, but he was, you know. 
obviously old enough to be working in a store by himself, and I was like early forties, yeah. probably. Yeah, so I was, you know, back then he was probably his late twenties or something. Yeah, mid-20s. yeah, I re- yeah, yeah. You know what, what's funny is a couple of weeks ago I was in UHF and I was talking to him, and because uh, we were like trying to figure out some stuff to do for Record Store Day. Yeah, and this was before I had met uh, Stefan, who owns um, Tracks and Wax. Okay, and. Uh, they had some. They they were just like all the stores had something going on. Yeah. Except for this brand new store. So, uh, yeah, he's a cool guy. Yeah, that's, I, that's... like, like because when I saw him, I was like, yeah, you're from Rockabillies. Yeah, yeah, that's cool that he's that he's that he's got his own place now. I think he owns the store, right? No, he, no? I think he manages it. That's some other cool guy though. Owns it. Yeah. I I like to see that. I don't know. I'm a firm believer that no matter what you do for a living, your your profession doesn't define your your ability or your passion. Right. right. So like I I don't believe in looking down on anything. When right. I, if somebody does anything for a living, I think that they're on the same level as and as somebody with a PhD doing something else. They're just doing they're in a different path in life. And I and I yeah. I love that people as they get older find things that they love and that yeah. they're still doing it. So yeah. I mean, good for him. Honest to God, honest like. I, I wish I had that kind of passion, man. Right. Like, holy shit. Like, well, that's that's cool. Yeah. Well, sh- you know, for like that was like for me, like getting into book, like being a, a, a concert promoter and um, and then radio is just because I did not want to give up. You know, many times people are like, you know, you're going to get a real job. What? Run that by me one more time? A real job? <laughs> I mean, what, why, is this, what is this? Is this like just fun time? I mean, I. <laughs> I get paid, you know. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. They just it just doesn't it doesn't like occur to them that I you know that this is like you can make money. I I remember when the, the first show that I had booked that I actually as a promoter and like the like the like as a promoter you have to take a a, a percentage of money like because you don't just do people that say they just do it for fun are just like okay, dude. No, it's a job. There's a lot of work that goes into it, and plus, you know, there's a lot of money because when you bet, when you when you have to put up money for a guarantee, you're going to lose rent money if you don't get enough people yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I've done many times, but the first time I actually made a shit ton of money, and I remember, I, I remember it. It was like I, as a promoter, that small percentage that I took, I ended up making five hundred dollars off of one show, and that's like I'm and I'm talking like a small, small percentage. Every band got paid. Their guarantee, plus some. I mean, sure. you know, and I'm, I'm like, what, what? <laughs> and, 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 and I remember, like, like, I remember my stepdad saying, "Really? You made money off of that? Like, yeah. like what? It, 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 it's a lot of work, you know." Yeah. But um, anyway, as we were talking, we like it started off record search. Yeah, yeah. What did you pick up? So I. Actually, you know, I you went to a new record store, but so did I. I, yeah. you, I know you were saying you were eating down in Gross Point Park last night. Yes, I was, right? was. Yeah. So there's a new record store that just opened on Record Store Day in Gross Point Park. Which really? Is, which to me is a huge milestone for that community because it's, it's a you know it's got a reputation for being a kind of a stuffy place, Gross Point, right? No. But <laughs> but it's it's getting hip now, man. And and this new record store opened called Ripe Records. I literally. Got home from a vacation in Costa Rica that day. I got home at like five o'clock, and on my way to something else I was doing that night, I drove down. It's at like Charlevoix and Lake Point, Gross Point Park. Okay. Um, near this restaurant called Howlers and Growlers. But anyway. Yeah, I know. The guy yeah. that owns this store, though, 
used to be a DJ at St. Andrews Hall in the late 80s and early 90s. So he's got an ear for – he was an industrial DJ, actually. So he's into good music. So he's into good what, stuff. Do you know but, his name? Uh, I don't. But the store is cool. But So I, I went in there, and yeah. I had 30 seconds to kill. And I went in there, and I ended up picking up three records. I picked up The Mission, which is was a band that formed out of the ashes of – well, of Sisters of Mercy Mark yep. One. Yep, Um uh, God's Own Medicine. I picked up that record. I picked up a, a, a Piebald 7-inch, and I picked up a Harvest 7-inch, which Harvest was an old uh, hardcore band. Yeah, yeah. So, it, But it was cool, like, finding kind of a cool mix of stuff in there in Gross Point of all places where right. I would, you know, I was expecting to see, like, 80 copies of Rumors by Fleetwood Mac and, like... You know, whatever. Not you know, whatever. Oh yeah, I know. I yeah. So the guy was like, Yeah, he's like, I've got four thousand more records of like punk and hardcore and, and new wave and all this at my house, but he's like, I wasn't sure what people would be buying in this area. I was like, Well, put more of this shit out because 'cause I'll yeah. come and buy it. Right. Well, you know, like, like when I had I actually had uh Stefan Wax on the show um a week ago today. Uh and you know he he's saying it's just like buying all these records and he has he he has storage unit full of stuff and he's trying to transition from having like more vinyl you know because he's had it's it's it probably leans a little bit more towards having cds than than, than vinyl in the sure. store right now but like that transition yeah um because his store was in gibraltar trade center and then gibraltar trade center went down he started off with like a table trying to unload all the the, um, the stock he had because he had a record store down in, in Alabama that, okay. that went under. So he went in there. There was one other guy selling CDs there that came up to him. was like, you know, this place is not big enough for the two of us. You, you wouldn't, would, One of us has got to go, and it's not going to be me. Well, <laughs> he's like, well, well, you know, fuck you. Yeah. And uh, he his table got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, and then it's still like a huge section, and the other guy's gone, right? <laughs> because, you know, Stefan, you are a wonderful person, and you're not an asshole, and that's why you won. Uh, <laughs> I, I believe that. Um, he's incredible, incredibly nice guy. Uh, oddly enough, well, not, I shouldn't say oddly enough, because he, he said there was, it was a lot of ICP that was sold in that in, in Gibraltar Trade Center, which I'm is not sure. a shock, right? Yeah. Yeah, not a shock. But uh, for Record Store Day, um, the re- Record Store Day releases, I picked up the the Descendant Seven Inch, which okay. is like an anti Trump song. Um, okay. Uh, mo- the Motorhead covering Bowie. Okay. Uh, Ramones, uh, Sun Dragon Sessions, which is basically like rough cuts of uh, Ramones Leave Home. Okay. I picked up. Dep- uh, um, this is not a Record Store Day release, but it was um, it was Depeche Mode. Um, oh, what was the single? But it's the B side that still that stood out. It's the Pash Mode doing Moonlight Sonata. Oh, really? Yeah, it's basically Martin Gore play. You know, playing Moonlight Sonata. That's, That's just cool. Yeah, Depeche Mode's a cool band. Oh, my, yeah, my favorite bands. Violator just it's yeah. just like one of my top ten favorite albums. Yeah, that that was like a. They were proof that you could mix like the world of electronic music and and acoustic instruments like in the same yes in the same realm and and have it be like successful as pop music because people were I think it, and I you know I wasn't cognitive of what was happening in music when I was five but in re, like retrospect that like bands like that or even like Joy Division I yeah mean, those bands were so important for moving from just guitar music to 
to having synthesizers and, and drum machines incorporated right. with live guitars. I think right. that was huge. Well, I, I think it's interesting that um, Joy Division, what Joy Division evolved into, oh, of yeah. New Order, which, which is, is awesome too. Yeah, I mean that that and they they took it even further. Right. I mean they damn near. I mean they invented what we know as New Wave, basically. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, one one song that I like, I really like, and it's probably one of Joy Division's most popular songs is "Love Will Tear Us Apart." Yeah. Uh. And I remember seeing that, like I don't, I'm sure you read Guitar World. It, it, you know, I don't know. As a kid, I had a subscription to it. Oh yeah, yeah. But Joy, like that song, you know, there was always like like four or five songs that were tabbed in the back. Love will tear us apart. Was it? In, it was in an issue of it. And I was like, really? Yeah. Oh, and, and in the same issue was the Cure Fascination Street. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, which has like a <laughs> like like really like the guitar in that song. Well, Disintegration, that whole album is amazing. That's. Probably one of the best albums that was ever recorded. Yeah, I mean, there's bands I like more than The Cure, but that album is is flawless. I used to give copies of that to friends that had just been dumped. It was like, you need to hear this. I the first two songs on that record, yeah. "Plain Song" into "Pictures of You," yeah. is the greatest two songs of music ever in a row. Yeah, like those. I mean, I, it's, it's it's like Pink Floyd level of like transition. Yeah, you know those like, two. There's no two two songs consecutively that yeah. start an album, in my opinion, better than Plain Song into Pictures of You. Right. <laughs> I can, just, all right. I can think of like uh, other ones that 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 are that are pretty solid, like um, Judas Priest, The Hellion into Electric Eye. If you're into metal, those two yeah. flow together. There's a lot of of um, Pink Floyd that does. There's some Black Sabbath that does, but nothing compares to that. Nothing. That because yeah. that 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 is like the pinnacle of just perfect. It, it is perfection. Yeah, it's I. I think about I listen to that record once a week. And have forever. Yeah. yeah. And it's just it, it, those. I could listen to just those two songs, and they're both long songs too. Yeah. It's not like they were, they were probably never written to be played together. But no, it's just in the way it's set up. It just yeah. Well, all right, we got to take another break, and we'll be back in just a moment with more Motor City Join on New Radio cool. Media. Want to stay informed, entertained, and enlightened? Get connected and stay connected today to New Radio Media. The new Radio Media app is now available for download in the Apple and Google Play Store. Just search for NRM Streams for unlimited access to archived, live, new, exciting, and unique content. Welcome to Geektainment Weekly. All for free. Do it now. Stay connected. And millions of ducks. You guys go to newradiomedia.com. The Arts and Entertainment Channel on New Radio Media. Dot com. What's going on in your neighborhood? They say it takes a village. It's the simple things. The things that are a testament to the old. 
for the things that are a testament to the new. Know what's going on in your community. Check out our community channel on newradiomedia.com. It's all about you, and that's the way we like it. Where you're going. What you do to stay fit. What you're eating. What you're thinking. And how you're feeling. Join the conversation at newradiomedia.com's Lifestyles channel. Stream the life you want to live. All right, welcome back to the Morning City Juke Joint on New Radio Media, and we've just gone straight down the rabbit hole of music. Uh, I feel like we should listen to uh, just, just some of these uh, songs. But I do have to talk about one thing that, like, uh, this is actually something really cool that's going to be happening first weekend in June, and this is, uh, it's Fat Mike presents the Camp Punk in Drublick. It's in, it's at the Legend Valley Campgrounds in Thornville, Ohio. The lineup is No Effects, Ran, Rancid, Pennywise, The Mighty Mighty Boss Stones, Me First, The Gimme Gimme's, Goldfinger, Sick of It All, Flagwagon, Strung Out, Bouncing Souls, Face to Face, Jello Biafra, and the Guantanamo School of Medicine, Mad Caddy, Street Dogs, Interrupters, Guttermouth, Bad Cop, Bad Cop, and more. There'll be late night campfire stories with Fat Mike, Keith Morris, Jello Biafra, Eric Melvin, El Jefe, Eric Sandin, and more. There'll be uh, this is this is the real punk rock thing. Yeah, there'll be. Um, it's like old. It's like it, Warp Tour '98, right? With a with newer punk bands too, but right. But it's yeah. It's that was back when Warp Tour was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is um, the the tickets are, are sale right now. Punkandrawblickfast.com. Uh, it's camping. If you're too much of a puss to camp, there's uh, there's some hotel info. Sweet. You know, uh, there's and there's more than just the bands. There's there's a there's a beer craft beer tasting garden they call it, uh, and uh, there's over 200 local national uh, craft beers. And they got the, like I said the stories from the road with uh, you know Fat Mike from No Effects, Jella Biafra who's with the uh, Dead Kennys, Keith Morris from Black Flag. Uh, there'll be a flea market, because uh, you can, because you, of course you're camping, you're gonna buy shit you don't want or need, or that you may want but you really don't need, because you'll probably be be drunk or you know heat stroke. <laughs> uh, there's there'll be like a carnival. Uh, there, there's a dodgeball arena, and uh, there's gonna be Fetty's midnight matinee, which will be a bunch of punk rock movies on a big screen. After all the bands perform, so that's cool. Yeah, that's that's going to be June first to the third in uh, Thornville, Ohio, at the Legend Valley Campground. Just go check it out at punkandrublickfest dot com. Cool. Yeah. yeah. So now they got that out of the way. Uh, so I feel like we probably should, like should play some of these songs we've been talking about. What do you what what, what, what do you want to hear, man? What should I play? What, you, you, I mean, uh, do you have unlimited access to music? I I have a lot of music here, and I can anything anything you want. What do you What do you want to play? I don't know. I mean, like we were talking to Cure, Joy Division. I even like Op Ivy and Knowledge. Even you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, damn. There's so much good music. How do you pick? I you you know what? That's the worst part of part of this job, is picking the music to play. I know. You know, and it's. <laughs> 
uh, usually we have a we have a kid that works here, Jake, who wants me to play Journey all the time. Journey. Yeah, he loves Journey. It's his favorite band. Jake's favorite band. Yeah, see, Kelsey's rolling her eyes. You know? Is he like sixty? No, I think he's like twenty three. How did that happen? I don't know. Jeez. I mean, oh, he's I guess, younger. I guess there's nothing wrong with Journey. Twenty twenty two. I don't yeah. think there's any. I don't know that yeah. there's anything right with Journey though no. either. <laughs> like, well, I I refuse to play uh, "Don't Stop Believing." Yeah, yeah. But uh, you can call in at eight four four nine 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 two four nine. That's eight four four nine 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 two four nine. If you have any questions for 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 Ben or myself, who's also Ben, uh, <laughs> or if you if you if you want to hear something, um, damn. Uh, I don't know, man. Why, do you have you ever heard a band? There's this band from Scotland. Yeah, you know, because we haven't. I haven't talked about punk rock, I guess, much. Yeah, we've, we've been going. We talk about goth rock yeah. and new yeah, wave yeah. and all this. The Murder Burgers. Are you familiar with this band? No, but I could very well be in, in uh, very short. The Murder. The, the, they're the greatest band with the worst name ever. Um, and, and in a genre of, of stale punk rock music, the Murder Burgers reign supreme. I think. Um, I want to say that they're 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 traditional in their in in their I don't know in the way they deliver punk rock, but it's not like cookie cutter though either. Okay, uh, Murder Burgers. Okay, <laughs> all right. Well, uh, you, which uh, which album stands out to you? Duh, there's one 12, 12 Steps. I think it's called Twelve Steps, huh? The first Twelve Habits on, or Twelve Twelve Habits. Sorry. Yeah. Tw- the, the first track on that one. Play that if you can. I don't know if you got access to it. I. It's a cool song. The waves. That, is that it's it? called uh, number twenty one. Mm-hmm. Is there one on there called number twenty one or like pound sign twenty one? Um, no. Waves is cool though. Play that one. All right. <laughs> oh no! Oh, no! Now that you're not at 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 number twenty one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That one's a cool song. All right. So let's listen, let's listen to that. We're jumping from goth rock to, to Scottish punk rock. Yeah, you know what? There's some real, actually some pretty cool bands coming out of Scotland. Uh, Jesus and Mary Chain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Head On is a great song. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Peter Capaldi, uh, who was who played uh, the Twelfth Doctor and Doctor Who, his his go. band. He was with uh, Craig Ferguson. Was actually a cool punk band. That's sweet. Um, I'll remember their name. But here's uh, here's the Murder Burgers on uh, Mercy Journey Radio Media. <laughs>
All right. We are back with more Motor City Juke Joint on New Radio Media. That was the Murder Burgers with a, oh, a long-ass name song. Um, <laughs> now that I'm stuck at number 21, I think. Is yeah, I yeah, yeah. That's it. That's it. That's it. Um, all right. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's actually pretty cool. That's pretty cool. I like it. Um, damn. You know, I could, I mean, I could listen to shit like that all the time. Uh, I, I love finding new, like, new punk bands. And, uh, like, have you listened to Rebel Spies yet? Oh, hell yeah. 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 Rebel yeah. Spies is awesome. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I was, I, I, I interviewed them on the show, uh, before they did the, the release for Rise, which I think is just, is, is phenomenal. Yeah. I love it. Rebel Spies is, I, my God, you couldn't have had a better mix of musicians in that band. Right. I mean, it, it is. Like, like you got guys from, like, like, what, Telegraph, Suicide Machines? Yeah, Suicide Machines, uh, Hi-Fi Hand Grenades. Yeah. Um, Wedge used to, the one of the guitar players, Wedge, used to sing in a band called For Dire Life's Sake. Yeah. Which was like a metalcore band. Yeah. Yeah, what a cool, <laughs> what a cool group of people. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they were great. Um, damn. Uh just, there's just so many really cool bands. Uh, St. Thomas Boys is a great band. Yeah. yeah. Um, who Marky, who was in uh, the Red Shift, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, oh god, I remember, I, I kind of want the Card Sharks at some point. Because um, <laughs> I mean, like they weren't the best band, but man, they were entertaining. Yeah, they were fun. Yeah, I mean, anybody that yells, I have a boner in the middle of a song. Um, <laughs> Damn. Okay, so I I had come across because I, I I lost like almost all of my music and everything. Probably like what happened to that to the Scully EP. Okay. Uh, in uh, due to like water damage, like eighty five percent of my shit. Okay. I about a year ago came across somebody had compiled um, punk, uh, punk music from 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 nineteen seventy eight to two thousand eight Detroit bands. Okay. And like pulling stuff off of like MySpace and everything. Actually, Frank White. There's some Frank White songs in there. Really? Yeah. Uh, like stuff that like like punk bands that maybe did like 50 copy burned CDs and yeah. like were passing them out. And that's the only recordings out there, <laughs> you know. And as a promoter, you know, I would get copies. Bands would give me the copies of their stuff, and, and like, you know, if something happened to that, I'll never get it back. Yeah. And being able to get some of the stuff back. Like these punk bands that, um, uh, like, uh, just shit. I mean, I, I pulled, I, uh, Ramona from Black Irish Booking was on here and I pulled out a band. I'm trying to remember the name of it. That she's like, oh, yeah, I know the, I, I know the, 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 um, the guitarist's wife. Text her right there. It's like they're they're playing your they're playing your husband's band on the show. <laughs> you know, it's like how the you know like how the hell did they come across that? Yeah. So I don't know who compiled this, but put it made it available online. Uh, but you uh, you are amazing. <laughs> um. So anyway, we have to go to another uh, uh, take another commercial break, and we'll be back in just a minute.
What's going on in your neighborhood? They say it takes a village. It's the simple things. The things that are a testament to the old. And the things that are a testament to the new. Know what's going on in your community. Check out our community channel on newradiomedia.com. And action. And millions of ducks. You guys go to newradiomedia.com. The Arts and Entertainment Channel on New Radio Media. Dot. It's all about you, and that's the way we like it. Where you're going. What you do to stay fit. What you're eating. What you're thinking. And how you're feeling. Join the conversation at NewRadioMedia.com's Lifestyles channel. Stream what you want to live. All right, welcome back to the Marcy Juke Joint on New Radio Media. I'm just talking about, um, actually during the break, about how I, I discovered, like, somebody had um, compiled all these uh, Detroit punk bands, like uh, Angry Red Planet, Antisocial Degenerates, Bald Eagle, Bill Bondsman, uh, Eric and Bastards, Born Without a Face, uh, Bumpin' Uglies, Captain Feedback, uh, oh, Bubba Ugly! Shout out to Bubba, Bubba McKenzie. Um, it was uh, his band, but uh, our dark, our our dark host. It's his new like kind of like uh, oh, dark metal band. Yeah, I didn't know that was that was him. Yeah, see, I did. I I didn't know that band was a little before my time. Bubba I saw Ugly's them or... open for Offspring though in '98. Yeah, they did like a wrestling thing. Yeah, lit shit on fire. That was kind of cool. Yeah, I think one of the guys worked at Hot Hits in Roseville. Yeah, was that. I, th- I think so. Bo- Bubba works at Smalls now as a bouncer. Okay. Yeah. It was one of those guys. That was another record store I used to go to as a kid was Hot Hits. Yeah. There used to be this this old lady that worked there that got, I mean, this is back in the day. Like, you couldn't stream live music. Like, I couldn't go on YouTube and watch a concert of, you know, yeah. you know whoever performing live or anything, yeah. you know. But you'd go there, and they'd have a drawer behind the counter with bootlegs in it. Yeah. And, like, she'd only let you back there if she knew you were, like, not in the FBI because that's when the FBI actually cared about pirated music. Yeah. So, like, you'd go in there, and she'd be like, come over here, honey. And she'd, like, let you back in well, into you the know, back. It was sweet. Those were the days. Well, yeah. You know, they, they, they do kind of care because you know what happened to Max and Lansing. Well, yeah, I, I did hear about that. Yeah. The ICP or the, something. The, the or Juggalo had to the, download 3-6 Mafia's entire oh, catalog. Oh, 3-6 Mafia, that's <laughs> yeah. what it was. But it was a Juggalo was that a did juggalo it, yeah. It yeah. did it, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all these bands, like, even uh, like some, there's some Elvis Hitler in here. And um, yeah. I've, I've interviewed Elvis Hitler, Jim, uh, Jim Leedy, here on the show. He is uh, Detroit's very own version of um, Christopher Walken. 
The guy that recorded our album, yeah. speaking of Elvis yeah. Hitler, right? Yeah. So the guy that recorded our EP, the Young yeah. Hunger EP, yeah. he, he plays guitar in a band called a Wilhelm Scream. They're like yeah, a, I know. They're yeah. a sweet band. Yeah, they're yeah, awesome. yeah. But his dad, I'm pretty sure, played guitar in Elvis Hitler. Is, that, is this dad Warren DeFever? No, his dad is Pat Sapina. But he played in a band called the Mutants, like in the in the like the late seventies, okay. early eighties. But I think he he was in Elvis Hitler for a while too. He like, may, like is like is playing bass. Or something uh, it could yeah, have been that. Yeah, because I, I don't know. Because it's John DeFever and Jim Leedy are the are the two original members in the band right now. Okay, okay. Uh, Warren DeFever, who's gone on to produce a ton of different um, local artists, uh, was in the band before. He was a bass player, um, and then. Uh, Damien Detroit, who um, and he did some some stuff with the Coffin Cats for a while. He I think he was the original drummer. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Huh. Um, but maybe may, did he play? Did he play with them when they when uh, I know obviously uh, they changed their name to Splatter for a while because they they were trying to get away from like that whole just like that Hitler aspect of their name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I it, mean. There's some. I swear, there's some connection between yeah. him and that band. I don't know Could what be. it is. Yeah. Maybe he knew them or something. I just remember being really young and hearing the name Elvis Hitler and going, "What the hell is this band all about?" And then later finding out about them. I mean, because th- when was that band like a thing? Like originally? Eighties. Yeah. So 80s. that's what I yeah. thought. So, but th- it could have been like some period where one of these original guys quit and maybe he filled in for some shows. I don't know. Yeah. Well, um, I could be wrong. I could be just totally thinking of something else, but. Pat Sapina was in a sweet band called The Mutants. Okay. Well, you know... <laughs> uh, for what it's worth. Dave, uh, they were one of my favorite bands for, uh, for, for the longest time, right? And when I finally met them during a reunion, we've, become, we've since become friends. Yeah. With, uh, Jim Leedy and John DeFever. Uh, and I've booked them for some shows, and uh, Jim was supposed to do like a 15-minute, 20-minute interview on my show, turned into an hour and 20 minutes, because the guy <laughs> can talk. And it could have, I mean, it could have been for hours. He has stories. And they're incredibly humble, and were completely unaware of how popular they were, how many people across the country knew who they were. Yeah. You know, like, nobody, you know, so, and then people, people like Elvis Hitler? Amazing. Yeah. You know, and like people, you know, even in Europe knew who they were, but they can never tour Europe because of that name. But what's funny, funny story is they told me that um, when they chose that name, it was, it was a, it was a toss up between Elvis Hitler and Elvis, Elvis Christ. And they figured like, was like trying to figure out which one's going to be more offensive, Elvis Hitler. Right. Not, not realizing that they could never tour Europe. Yeah. Because of that name. Yeah, yeah, you know? that makes sense. Yeah. But, you know, it's they they were like an incredibly influential band. Yeah. Particularly, well, with Pong and in Psychobilly. Sure, yeah, they were. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, what else? Um, Gutter Punks was on here. Uh, Hate Inc. Uh, Hate Inc., wow. Yeah. Uh, Heresy. Heresy's another. That's another old one too. Yeah, yeah. Probably negative approach and cold as life and all those bands are. Yeah. Oh yeah. Negative approach. Cold. Uh, let's see. Cold as life. Uh, yep. All on here. Malpractice. I, I actually booked them once. Uh, the Jollies. Uh, let's see. Son of Sam, Social Scare, Sewers of Paris. Social Scare was a sweet band. Scurries, 
Toxic Shock Syndrome. Uh, Angie Toxic's actually, yeah, she married Sam Wolf, who was a drummer in uh, a band called Gas Hog, and now he's tattooing at Signature in Ferndale. Oh. Yeah. And she was in Toxic Shock Syndrome, and then after that, she was in a band called The Clots. You okay. Know? I No, I remember The Clots, because... Yeah. When I sang in the A Gang, we played with the class. Oh, you were an A Gang for real? Yeah, I was the singer of that. Oh band. no, shit! Yeah, yeah, okay, damn. Like, wow. All right. But we we did a show with the Clots at the Berkeley Front back when I the Berkeley Front was doing. I don't even know if they do shows anymore. No, they're closed. Are they? Yeah, they've okay. been closed for a while. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, we did a show, and it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I, I miss that venue. Cause, all right, so as a promoter, I would book a lot of, like, rockabilly bands and such. And, like, the people in, the, in that scene, like, the older people in that scene, will, like, won't go to Detroit for shit. Really? Yeah, there's some stories that I'll leave off air about why. why It's... it's Okay. Well, rockabilly is considered to be punk rock retirement. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, we'll get into that. But they would go to Berkeley Front. My cousin owned the barbershop across the street. Uh, okay. Or still owns, you know, Chop Shop. So, and he's in that scene, and he, you know, so it's right there. But when that closed, it, it, it's like, uh, it, it, it totally killed a great, like, sub, a, like a suburban venue. Yeah. You know, sure, you had to lug everything upstairs, and, and if it's a summer show, it's going to suck, but, you know, yeah. but still, you know, <laughs> like the small room made it, like, it, like it, 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 even if there was like 20 people in there, and it felt like it was packed. Yeah, no, it was, it was always a cool place. I you know I remember back I mean this is back when I was in the A gang but you know the Suicide Machines they broke up for a number of years mm-hmm. and the first time they reunited to play a concert was for a bachelor party in the upstairs of the Berkeley front I believe that and I ran the sound for it I I got a call that day yeah. from Rich and Rich goes hey you can't tell anybody but the Suicide Machines are playing tonight at the Berkeley front can you come and do sound for us can yeah. you bring a PA and I was like hell yeah and then I got there, and it was like a private Suicide Machines performance with like thirty other people. Right. It was so cool. Yeah, man, I I I I killed for that. Yeah. That's, it, that's <laughs> like all right. So I I used to this girl that was telling me she went to, she she went to see she was older than me, um, about seven years older. She went to see the Suicide Machines like in this like, like pretty much old warehouse. I had to climb up like like seven floors. Seven, so seven flights of stairs just to go see the suicide machines playing this like old, like basically total DIY show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, it's like Jesus. I mean, like, am I gonna climb that many, you know, stairs to see a band? <laughs> I mean, all right. Um, I would for man the suicide machines yeah. are. Yeah. That that band has done so much for Detroit. Like even yeah. without, I don't know, all those guys, really kind of stayed grounded even when they were in their prime i mean they're, yeah. they're still great i mean they're not but you know i mean when they were touring all the time with yeah. bands like no use for name and stuff like they were still having local bands open their shows i actually remember standing in line to see the suicide machines once and they were playing like a tour with i don't even know who it was with like a veil maybe or something okay and i had a cd for my band and um jay was walking by yeah and this is i didn't really know him then i mean not not that we're like great friends, but we're like acquainted now just through yeah. being in the A gang and, and just yeah. through shows and stuff like yeah. that. And he's always he's always such a great guy, but he's like I was like, Hey, I want to open for your band and thinking that he might just take the C D, right? And I'm thinking, yeah. hey, he'll just throw it away or something. Yeah. He goes he goes, Cool, let's go listen to it in my car and I was like, What? And I was I was like fifteen and I was he's like, Yeah, come on. He's like, Let's go listen to it in my car. So 
we walked to the parking lot of St. Andrew's Hall, yeah. and I got in the car with Jay Navarro as a 15-year-old, yeah. played him my CD, and he goes, he goes, yeah, I think this could be a good fit. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a 15-year-old kid, like, man. That's holy like, shit. yeah. I was like, that's, but you know, like, you know, I, I mean, we never, that band never, I play, I had a couple bands play with the Suicide Machines over the years. That band never did, but that kind of, those kind of impacts never leave people, I think. Mm -hmm. Like, that kind of impression will never leave somebody. And, mm -hmm. and I think that's why so much has kind of revolved around those guys being in different bands. Yeah. Because they're so, I don't know, they're all connected to Detroit music. Yeah. And they believe in Detroit music. And whether or not they're making a shitload of money doing it, they understand the importance of preserving that culture. I agree. And I think that's just, like, something that you don't get from a lot of other bands that have seen success like that. I agree. And Sorry, that was like kind of a long no, side part. No, you know what? That 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 that's that's that was actually good, and uh, it's absolute truth. Uh, Detroit gets overlooked a lot, you know, as far as like, its its music scene. Yeah. And you know, one of the, the most disheartening things I'd ever heard um, was somebody telling when I was like promoting a show, someone says, "Well, I don't listen to local music." It's like, how can you call yourself a Detroiter and you're not like, you, you know, and how that you support Detroit and you love Detroit and, but you won't give, you, you won't even acknowledge a lo local music. Like, well, you know, they say, well, I, I, you know, I, you listen to bands you hear on the radio or whatever. Well, yeah. Or, you know, e even not so much like, like the mainstream pop stuff, but they'll listen to like it could be from anywhere other than Detroit, and they're, 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 they were into it. It's just they, they had this idea of, of everything in Detroit is garbage, which is infuriating. Yeah, it's not true. I, I will say that I think Detroit's music scene is a little bit disconnected, like, in a way of there's, there's just a lot. There's too many little clicks. Yes. But the music is still good. Yeah. I just think that the, the scene lacks, and it, it's, it's kind of – it's kind of weird, man. I mean, I, it's it's weird that, you know, before, like, Tony, this is kind of going back to No Use for a Name, but, yeah. like, before Tony Sly died, I, the A-Gang played a show with No Use for a Name. There's probably yeah. 40 people there at that yeah. show. And then he passed away, and, like, the world, like, melted. Like, everyone was like, holy shit, Tony Sly died. Yeah. And I was like, you never would have known because there was, I, you know, I there were more people at a show that I played on a Tuesday night than the show we did with No Use for a Name. But it's, it's, but it's clicky in that way, too, yep. that people are... They're either they're too cool for some stuff. Sometimes I don't know. Yep. It's really kind of weird, but I think I think that may be the problem with Detroit is that there's, you know, the hardcore people do the hardcore thing, the ska people do the ska thing, the punk people do yeah. the punk thing. Then there's like the other punk bands that aren't as punk as the other punk bands that do yep. their own thing, and they just don't play shows together. And I just don't understand why. <laughs> I I don't understand either. But we need to take the last uh, our last commercial break of the of the show, and we'll be back in two minutes. A gelling agent used in making jams and jelly may have anti-cancer properties. Now, anyone who's ever made jams or jellies is familiar with the ingredient known as pectin, which is a natural fiber product found in most fruits and vegetables. A group from the Institute of Food Research in the United Kingdom found that under the right conditions, pectin releases a molecular fragment that binds with a protein that inhibits cancer growth. And the thing that may make jam and jelly more effective is slowing the growth of cancer than raw pectin is the process used to modify it for use in jams and jellies. 
You see, it turns out that the modification helps to emphasize the release of the cancer-fighting fragment, which is known as Galactin-3. Now, most commercially available pectin comes from the peel or citrus fruits and apple pulp that is processed before its sale. So for now, no one knows if pectin found in unprocessed fruits and vegetables has the same cancer-fighting qualities. With another prescription for your health, I'm Dr. Jim Bragman. Ah, low-budget movie version. 60s TV version. Early 2000s high school pseudo-adaption that eventually grows into the geek we all know and love version here. I'm getting paid a lot of money to be here, so listen up. Watch the Geektainment channel on NewRadioMedia.com. <coughs> it's geek approved. All right, welcome back to the Motor City Juke Joint on New Radio Media. I am your host, Ben Rose, joined in the studio by Ben Wixen. And we uh, have been really just been talking about a lot of music and stuff that's in, kind of influenced us and uh, a lot of Detroit's, Detroit bands. Yeah. Uh, you are playing with Face to Face on May 16th at L Club, as well as uh, Raw Dogs, right? Yeah. Absolutely. So tickets are available for that. I did give some tickets away. Uh, was it last? Yeah, it was last week. I will give another pair of tickets away closer to the show. Cool. Um, as well as I'll give some tickets away to emo, the, the, the emo night on Tuesday. Okay. Uh, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> We've covered a lot of topics. Tonight. Yeah, <laughs> shit. Um, yeah, you know, uh, you know, I, mean, I was I was talking to a few people about face to face, and it, uh, it, I hear a lot of like, ah, that's a that's a band I haven't heard in a while. You know, I just like in, in finding out. I mean, they've just been cranking out albums. Yeah, they've been putting out a lot of records. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of bands that that. That people don't get, uh, don't, don't realize it, it, it just never stopped. Yeah. Like, um, I, I mean, like, gonna throw it back to ACDC. I mean, how many bullshit records they put out that are just like, eh, yeah, you yeah. know, but, um, you know, face to face is, you know, like you were saying earlier, that's really, I mean, there wasn't like something that you really, really, you know, but they were good. They were, yeah. yeah, they were great. I was listening to them today, and yeah. it was, I was like, yeah, this is cool. I, I don't know, as a kid, maybe they, they weren't something that maybe I attached yeah, to, but right. they were always a little more mature than the other bands. That's the thing. As a kid, it's it's, it's it, it, they were a little too mature. Yeah, they, yeah, just the music was more mature. Like, it wasn't as, I don't know. Like, I, I saw, you know, they would tour with bands like Lagwagon yeah. or, like, Early Offspring, but they were more, like, their their sound was a little bit more refined. Yeah, absolutely. Like, uh I was listening to their most recent album earlier, um, Protection, and and I, I I really dig it. I mean, like I've, I've listened to all, you know their their older stuff. Yeah. And uh, much like like I don't want to throw Social Distortion in because like, Social Distortion actually in the last couple of years has kind of evolved into like less punk, more just like rock. Yeah. Uh, but you know, face to face, they're they're kind of on that level, the same like same type of band. Like, yeah. Social Distortion. It, they, 
they were a little they were a little bit more mature, but they kind of like like you could relate to as a kid, as a teenager, you know, just yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, have you listened to Mike Ness's uh, solo, uh, solo stuff? I I've never heard it. Really? Is it good? It's really good. I'll t- I'll check it out. I, I yeah. just for some reason have never listened to it. He just he just re uh, re released it on vinyl earlier this month. When did it? Up. When was it? Ninety nine and then two thousand. Okay. One, the second one's all covers. In fact, one of a, uh, uh, one of them on the cover is a, a social D cover, but it's a, a country cover of Ball and Chain. You know what? I think I've heard that one. Yeah. I think back in the Napster days, I may have. <laughs> I may have. I mean, like heard that song. Yeah. Somewhere. Yeah. You know, uh, Cheating at Solitaire, which is his first solo album. It's um, it's phenomenal. Hmm. Absolutely. In fact. Uh, Maybe we'll even close out the show with uh, with a track off that. Um, it's not, it's not social D. Okay. It's it's more acoustic. Uh, it's not all acoustic. Uh, Brian Setzer actually plays on one of on one of the tracks. On oh that. really? Yeah. Uh, and and it's like you can tell it's Brian Setzer. Like if I didn't tell <laughs> you, you'd be like, that sounds like Brian Setzer. <laughs> I I could picture Brian Setzer with Mike Ness like that yeah. seems like a good pairing. You know, uh, I just I saw a video of Mike Ness with um, Pearl Jam. Oh really? Eddie, yeah, it was it was live and Eddie Vedder was talking about how he wrote I can't, I can't remember the name of the song. He wrote a song after listening to a lot of Social D and he's like, yeah, this this is a song that it, you know it, 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 it's 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 like Mike. This is what I feel that Mike Ness you know you know would write yeah and he had Mike Ness come and sing with him on stage and it's like damn that's cool yeah for sure you know like uh like how often does does, does something like that happen you write a song in that style in a style of somebody else and then you get them to sing it well unless you're like Johnny Cash you know well yeah yeah dude I'd imagine like Eddie Vedder you know Eddie Vedder's like has like an icon status the guy He's got to have people that like that he like freaks out when he meets. So maybe that was like yeah. I could imagine for a guy like Eddie Vedder who kind of grew up from a from like a punk scene anyway was yeah. probably like this is sweet. <laughs> well, 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 yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, and I I think I'm I'm not like the biggest Pearl Jam fan, but I I, I respect what they do. I mean, the early stuff was pretty great. Yeah. Uh, I I think. Um, I think later on they started getting a little too like I don't know. They we, paved they paved the way yeah. the, for the dude rock bands like yeah like Creed and stuff. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, but it, they didn't know that though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I I was expecting Dave Matthews Band to come out. Oh, <laughs> like, well. dude, that's like, that's like super dude rock. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. like yeah, yeah. That. <laughs> Yeah, that's a whole other level. I, I I try to pretend that band doesn't exist. Right, the Andy Dwyer's. I don't know if you watch Parks and Rec, but you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you unless you're a fan of fan of Parks and Rec, then you wouldn't probably get the joke. But um, in the show, he has a band, and like every every single song is like like wanna be Dave Matthews. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, it's it's Chris Pratt is the actor. That oh, plays okay. Him. Yeah. Okay. Who is uh very talented? Anyway, that uh, that's about it for the show. Uh, like, thank you to to Ben Wixon for hey, stopping by. For having me. You're welcome. Go see it. him uh, uh, at L Club on May 16th. 
Thank you to Ashley for sitting in the phone booth, uh, Kelsey for running the video, Taylor for our intern for uh, running the B-roll machine. I'm going to close out the show with Mike Ness, if you leave before me, off of Cheating at Solitaire. So see you next Tuesday on the Motor City Duke Joint on your radio media.